In this video, we're going to see how to price a bond using strips. Before we move to looking at the bond pricing though, we first need to have a bit of an introduction to arbitrage and the law of one price. These are two fundamental concepts in finance that we're going to keep coming back to throughout this class. We're then going to apply these concepts to price government bonds using strips. What is arbitrage? What are arbitrage opportunities? Well, an arbitrage opportunity has a positive probability of paying something at some time, but has zero probability of costing anything ever. So as long as individuals prefer to consume more and more of something rather than less, then any reasonable economic equilibrium must be characterized by the absence of arbitrage opportunities. Essentially, an arbitrage opportunity is a free lunch. And you could think of a simple example, such as suppose you see $20 lying on the floor. Well, that has a positive probability of paying something. It's got $20. And has zero probability of costing anything. It's just lying on the floor. You've just got to pick it up. So that's an arbitrage opportunity. And we know that people drop coins, they drop dollar bills, they drop $20 bills it's pretty rare that you actually see them lying on the floor because people pick them up very quickly. We prefer more to less. And so these bills that get dropped get picked up very quickly by other people. So that's arbitrage. What is an arbitrage trading strategy? It's a trading strategy based on the purchase of an asset, such as a bond, in one market, while simultaneously selling it in another market at a higher price. An arbitrage trading strategy will make a risk-free profit on this price discrepancy. So arbitragers buy low and sell high until prices adjust. So suppose you bought the bond today and then you waited a week and then you sold the bond on at a higher price. Would that be arbitrage? The answer is no. For it to be arbitrage, there has to be no risk. And when you buy the bond and then hold it for a week, you've got risk. The bond price during that week could go up or down. Arbitrage means you have to lock in your profits immediately. So you have to buy it and sell the bond simultaneously. So you buy in one market and at the same time you sell in the other market. That way there's no risk. It's important to remember, arbitrage is risk-free. How is this linked then to the law of one price? Well, first of all, what is the law of one price? The law of one price just states that if two assets are equivalent in all economically relevant respects, then they should have the same market price. You could think of a textbook. If you've got a textbook in the US, it should be the same price as if you bought it in the UK. The law of one price is enforced by arbitrages. So suppose there's a bond that's trading at $980 in the US, but it's trading at $979 in London. What would you do? Well, you'd want to buy low. So you'd want to buy in London at 979, and you'd want to simultaneously sell that bond in the US at 980. How much would you want to trade if you were doing this? Well, you'd probably want to trade as much as possible. 
because this is free money, right? There's no risk here. There's just a chance to make a dollar every time you make this trade. So you trade as much as possible. Now what's going to happen if you trade as much as you can and other people also trade as much as they can? Well, we're going to see that prices respond very quickly. In London, everyone is going to be buying the bond. So we've got high demand. What's going to happen to the price in London as a result? Well, the price in London is going to go up. What about in the US? There's going to be lots of selling in the US, and that's going to push down the prices in the US. And in equilibrium, the prices will be the same both in London and the US. And you can imagine these arbitrage opportunities disappear very quickly. Lots of people are constantly searching for arbitrage opportunities all around the world. Now let's start to think about how we can apply this to the concept of bond pricing. You may think that the law of one price is really unrelated to bond pricing. In fact, it's very closely related to bond pricing. Let's consider zero coupon bonds or zeros. These are securities that have that single cash flow that's equal to the par value at maturity. So we saw these introduced in the last video lecture. Zeros are really the building blocks for all fixed income securities. If we combine zero coupon bonds of different maturities, maybe three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, or one year, two years, three years, four years, we can create an asset or a portfolio with multiple fixed cash flows that occur at these set maturities. In other words, we could actually replicate a coupon bond using a portfolio of zero coupon bonds. What does the law of one price say about this? The law of one price says that if two assets are equivalent in all economically relevant respects, they should have the same price. In other words, the price of a coupon bond should be equal to the price of the replicating portfolio of zeros. They're the same thing. You get the same cash flows from both the coupon paying bond and the portfolio of zeros. We're going to use this phenomenon to try and price bonds. But do these zero coupon bonds really exist? Are there lots of them around? At short horizons, less than a year, we have US Treasury bills. These are all zero coupon bonds. So you buy the Treasury bill today and at maturity you receive the face value of the bond and you have no payments in between. At longer horizons, greater than one year, we have something called strips. This is the separate trading of registered interest and principal. And these are zero coupon bonds. You may or may not have heard of strips before, but basically all government bonds, and these will be coupon paying bonds that may be issued for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or even 30 years. All these government bonds are eligible to be stripped. And what that means is that the interest payment at each period becomes a separate zero coupon bond as does the principal payment at maturity. 
So we strip the bond into lots of small zero coupon bonds. Each interest payment is a separate zero coupon bond. All government bonds in the US are eligible to be stripped. So we do have zero coupon bonds at lots of different maturities, which we can use to price coupon bonds. Let's apply this concept to reality. Let's price a treasury note. And here we've got a treasury note with a 3% coupon that matures in 757 days. Now the coupons on this government bond, or this government note, are paid semi-annually. First thing we need to do is draw the timeline. And we need to calculate the interest payments every six months because coupons are paid semi-annually. So we know that this is a 3% coupon. 3% of $1,000 is $30. But this is paid semi-annually. In other words, you're going to receive $15 every six months. And on this timeline, I have plotted the $15 payments together with the principal repayment at maturity. Now, in practice, US government bonds and notes typically mature on the 15th of the month. So when you want to calculate when do coupons occur, what you have to do in reality is start at the maturity date. That's going to be the 15th of a certain month. And from there, you can work backwards to find out which day coupons are paid. So how do we price this note? Pricing the note is again in theory simple. It's the present value of all the coupon payments and the principal payment. We have to bring them back to the present day. What do we do? Well, we're going to decompose this note into five zeros. Four of the zeros will pay $15. One of the zeros pays $1,015. All we've got to do is find out the price of the zeros. And then we will have the price of the note. We know that the strip price is the price that we're going to pay to receive $100 at the maturity of the strip. For example, we have a strip maturing in 208 days and it has a price of $97.16. The interpretation of that is that the price today of receiving $100 in 208 days time is going to be equal to 97 and 16 divided by $32. 16 divided by 32 is equal to a half. So the price today of receiving $100 in 208 days time is $97.50. Here we have a series of different strips that were all taken from the Wall Street Journal. And we have the price of the strips here, listed in the top row. Remember, we needed five zeros at different maturities, and that's what we've got. We've got five different maturities. 
The first step to price the note is to calculate the price in dollars because here's the quoted price we need to convert that to dollars. We need to do a bit of work because remember government bonds are quoted in 30 seconds so we need to convert 30 seconds to decimals. 23 divided by 32 is going to be equal to 0 0.71875. 16 divided by 32, we already know, is equal to 0 0.5. 13 divided by 32 is equal to 0 0.40625. And 17 divided by 32 is equal to 0.53125. Now we can write out the price very quickly in dollars. So the price of $100 in 27 days is going to be 99.7188. I'm going to round four decimal places or something close to that. We can do the same for all these bonds all these strips, so it's 97.5. For the 392 days, we're looking at 95.4063. For 573 days, we're looking at 93.4063. For 557 days, we're looking at 91.5313. The price per dollar is just going to be, we divide by 100. So we get 0.997188 for 27 days. We get 0.975 for 208 days. We get 0.954063 for 392 days. For 573 days, we get 0.934063. And for 557 days, we get 0.915313. We're now ready to price the note. We've done all the work now. We know that the price per dollar of something maturing, of a, of a strip maturing in 27 days is 0.997188. And we know that we're going to actually get from our note $15 in 27 days. So to calculate the price today, we're just going to multiply 15 times by 0.997188. And we're going to do the same at each of these different maturities. So when we do that, we find that 0.997188 times by 15 gives us 14.958. And we do this for all the payments. Now to calculate the price of the bond, all we've got to do now, we've discounted all of these payments back to the present day. That's what's here, the price today. To calculate the bond price, we just have to add up the present value of all the different cash flows. And if we add up all these different cash flows, the present values of them, and if we add up the present values of all these future cash flows, what we get is a bond price of 
0.947 cents. How would you quote this note, though? It's a government bond, so we know it's going to be expressed in percentage terms relative to a par value of a thousand. So we know it's going to be 98.6947%. But we know that we've got to convert this decimal into 30 seconds. We can do that, so point six nine four seven times by thirty two is approximately equal to twenty two. That means the quote that we would see would be ninety eight colon twenty two. We've just priced the Treasury note using strips. But there's a problem. The price in the Wall Street Journal for the note is actually 97.11, not 98.22. And the problem we've run into here is that of accrued interest. When an investor buys a note or a bond between two coupon dates, the investor has to compensate the seller of the bond for the coupon interest earned between the last coupon payment and the date that the new investor purchases the bond. So we have to compensate the person who used to hold the bond when we buy it. Now we have some day count conventions that will help us work out how much interest did the person who sold the bond earn and how much interest do we earn. And the day count conventions for treasury notes and bonds are that we use the actual number of days in the month divided by the actual number of days in the year. For corporates or agencies such as Fannie and Freddie and municipal bonds, we deal with 30 divided by 360. In other words, there's 30 days in a month and 360 days in a year. We're going to be looking here at treasury notes and bonds, so it's always going to be the actual number of days. Let's look at our problem in detail. When we purchase this bond or this note, we know we're going to receive $15 in 27 days. The last payment, the last coupon payment of $15 was 157 days ago. And we've got to compensate the seller of the note for the interest that's been accrued up to the date of purchase. So how much should we be paying the seller? Well, we've got to pay them the present value of their share of the interest payment. Well, what's their share? They've held the bond for the last 157 days. And we're only going to hold it for 27 days, and then we're going to receive the coupon. Their share of the coupon is going to be 157 divided by 157 plus 27, all multiplied by the value of the coupon, which is 15, all multiplied by the discount rate for the 27 days, which is 
0.997188, which gives me a total of $12.76. What do we get then as the buyer? So we have to, the seller is going to get $12.76 from us. What do we get? Well, we get the remainder of that coupon payment. So we get 27 divided by 184 times by the $15 or multiplied by the discount rate. So in this picture, here are the cash flows that we actually receive as the investor who bought the bond. And here are the discount rates that we can use to calculate the value, the present value of these future cash flows. And if we do this, we do this calculation, we're going to get 2.195 plus 14.625 plus 14.311 plus 14.011 plus 929.043. And this gives us a total of 974.185. If we want to find the quoted price, we know we've got to express it in percentage terms, so that would become 97.4185%. And we've got to convert the decimal into 30 seconds. So we're going to do 0.4185 times by 32, which is approximately equal to 13. So the quoted price is going to be 97.13. That's pretty close to the price that was quoted in the Wall Street Journal of 97.11. We would call this the clean price. The clean price is 97.13. The dirty price, which is the price you actually pay, is what we calculated previously, 98.22. If you look in the Wall Street Journal or on Bloomberg, the price that's quoted is always the clean price. This is the convention they use. So remember that when you look at Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal, the quoted values are for clean prices, but the dirty price is the price that you will actually pay. The price quoted in the Wall Street Journal was 97.11. The price that we're calculating using zeros is 97.13. Is there an arbitrage opportunity here? There should be because the law of one price says that these two values should be the same. What would you do? Well, you'd want to buy low and sell high. So I'd want to buy the note at the Wall Street Journal price and sell it using the strips. So I'd have to sell the strips. The problem is there are transaction costs. There are bid-ass spreads when you buy bonds, just the same as when you buy stocks. There are also commissions that you have to pay to brokers. So in practice, 
the prices of treasury strips and treasury notes or bonds may not perfectly match up. But the reason they don't perfectly match up is due to these market frictions. You can now price government notes and bonds using strips. That's all I wanted to cover this lecture. See you in class.